What's up, everybody? We are happy to be with you here on episode one of Calvary's Family Ministry Podcast. We are excited about getting together with you uh, a little bit uh, throughout the year and just sharing with you some things, letting you connect with us, but also connect with other people, connect with other families inside of Calvary. And so we're really excited about what that's going to look like. We wanted to take the first part uh, of this podcast and just introduce you to a few of us that's going to be on here, and so you can kind of get to know us a little bit more. Uh, For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Tyler Nunn. I'm the Connections Pastor here at Calvary. Um, I've been on staff uh, at Calvary since about uh, February, um, and so just been a really cool time to get to know everybody, to get connected uh, to a lot of families here, and just really excited about what God is continuing to do here at Calvary um, and, and here in the family ministry at Calvary. A couple other people that are going to be on this podcast with with me is here today, and so I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to, to old Lonnie Free over here. Let him introduce yourself to you. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Uh, So, everyone, my name is Lonnie Free, and I am the youth pastor here at Calvary, and I have now been on staff here since this past March. And fun fact about me, I was actually voted in virtually. Yes. Might be the first youth pastor in history to have had that happen. Uh, But I also just got married to my beautiful wife, Taylor, this past May, and We are just super excited to be a part of this church and excited about this podcast um, and just can't wait to see how the Lord uses it. Man, Lonnie's already making me look bad by introducing his family and I didn't introduce mine. So I probably should tell you that I'm married too, uh, to my beautiful wife, as Lonnie said. Well, Lonnie did not say that about my wife, but um, (laughs) I did, uh, to Erica. And I have two kids, a five-year-old named Hudson who's about to start kindergarten, and a three-year-old little girl named Caden. And so, Lonnie, thank you for making me feel bad not introducing <laughs> my family. Uh, we also have old Jonathan Freeman on the podcast. What's oh, up, Jonathan? That's right. Hitting the big 3-5 <laughs> this week. Um, yeah, uh, my wife is Allie and son Josiah and Wiley. Um, Josiah's two? Nope. Josiah's four. I want to leave that out. Uh, Josiah's four and Wiley is uh, two, will be two next February, so one and a half. Um, I don't know, my kid's age is sad. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so glad to be on here. Been at Calvary for officially seven years, I think, this upcoming week. Um, Crazy story when I first came on at Calvary is uh, I got to preach my third week because Lovett was out of town. Chris Brooks had traveled-ish, had Stella, and Tim Plant said, I'm not a preacher. I'm not going to preach that Sunday. And so my third week at Calvary, I am in the pulpit with all three services. So yeah. uh, been here six years, seven years this upcoming week. Uh, and just glad to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. And as you can see, we are family ministry experts. I forget to introduce mine. Jonathan doesn't know the ages of his kids. And Lonnie's only been married for three months, so he hasn't messed up yet. But, I'm a pro. Um, yeah, there we go. But we're <laughs> just excited about uh, being able to get with you uh, uh, throughout the throughout the year and just share some things with you um, about family ministry, about doing life together. We're just excited about being able to connect with each other. Yeah, and the reason why is what Tyler just said, connect. Uh, our goal and our dream, our vision for this podcast is to connect you with great resources that you can listen to whenever, wherever you want, and to just equip you to be a better parent, a better Christ follower, and 
just a better steward of this gift that you have uh, in your children. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, when we talk about equipping, that's an important thing we talked about too is we don't have all the answers at church sometimes too. I mean, you're trying at home to figure things out. Um, we don't have all the answers either, and so we're going to try to tackle some big topics. Um, you may not be ready to adopt in your house yet, and you may never choose to adopt in your house, but you may have a neighbor asking questions, and so uh, that may be one of our big topics. Or uh, maybe your family is not how you thought it would be. Um, maybe it's blended now. Maybe you thought you had a uh, perfect marriage, it's separated, now you have a blended home um, that's just different, or maybe um, it's just a, a different lifestyle moment uh, and it happens in your house. We're going to try to get people uh, that know the answer to those topics. Yes, we know Jesus is the ultimate answer to make uh, all things clear, but uh, there is also home and family, and so uh, this podcast will be for that, and our future will look that way, just to, to put people in front of you uh, that are that are that are knowledgeable in it, that have walked through it. Maybe they wanted to quit, but they walked forward. Maybe they're where you are, just asking a lot of questions. And so hopefully this podcast is something you can go back to and say, that helped me do this um, much better or to help share that with somebody else in my community. Yeah, that's good. And so we are excited to kick that off this week. Uh, and for some of you, you may have been able to attend. We had our first Elevate session which is just a way for us monthly to be able to connect with you as parents and to share with you some some wisdom and some stuff that we can we can give to you resources like Lonnie was talking about, but also like Jonathan was talking about. Uh, we also want to get experts in in the field or the topic that we are talking about in front of you because those people have gone through and have done things that that we probably haven't um, as as your 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 pastors and. And as your staff, um, so the first one we did, and that we want to share with you today, uh, was around this topic and this idea of virtual learning. As we know, that has become incredibly prevalent over the past several months, and is probably uh, not going away anytime soon. And so, what we wanted to do is we wanted to get some some people around you and allow you to ask some questions and allow them to to speak into how do I help my child succeed through virtual school, something that we probably would have never thought about a year ago, but it is a reality uh, in our lives now. And so we've got to do whatever we can to make the best of every situation and to help our kid uh, be able to succeed in a virtual learning environment. And so we got together uh, several uh, people from our city and county schools and allowed them to just speak into that, give you some tips, some tricks, some thoughts about how you can help your kid in this time of virtual learning. And so we wanted to share that with you guys today. Um, and so just a second, we're, gonna, uh, we're going to turn it over to those teachers and let them kind of speak into that um, to you. And so we're excited about this podcast, excited about the future. We can't wait uh, to continue to share with you, and we hope you enjoy episode one today. Love you guys. Yeah, and hats off to Rachel Goggins for that one, because I, I think the best thing we've done so far is we've added people from our own church yeah. and let them go equip uh, and Absolutely. find the right people for that. And so big, big hats off to her. If you get to listen, she nails it on the head. So just yeah. pay attention to Rachel this week. That's good. Sweet. Love you guys. See ya. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tyler. Um, it's good to see some of y'all's faces. It's been a while. So um, good to see you guys. For those of you who maybe don't know me, um, my name is Rachel Goggins. Um, I have been at Calvary for over 10 years now, which is insane. Um, but I'm so excited to kind of be with you guys in this capacity. I'm not always dancing and singing. I know most of you just know me from that. Sometimes I'm like actually educating young minds and being productive with my time. So 
Um, I have assembled an A team of educators. Um, the people that you see on this panel are people who I would chisel onto a Mount Rushmore of TCS educators. I've said that before. Um, these are people who make me better, um, challenge my thinking. Um, and so I wanted to really make sure we brought some really brilliant minds to the table to try to answer your question. Um, I'm going to introduce myself um, and kind of my background. I'm going to let my panelists do the same thing. And then I'll kind of set some ground rules and we'll dive into the question. So like I said, I'm Rachel Goggins. Currently, I serve as the ARI reading specialist, literacy coach, instructional coach, whatever you want to call it, um, at Oakdale Elementary School. Um, my classroom experience is kindergarten and first grade. Um, and I just, one thing I like to keep saying, because it just happens, I just became a national board certified teacher in literacy and I am still so excited about it. I don't know what to do with myself. So, um, so yeah, that's me. And I'm going to let my team kind of go and share their experiences and background with me. Hello, I am Alicia Sewell. I am uh, in my eighth year of education. I am an instructional technology specialist. I have taught pre-K, kindergarten, and first grade. Um, my passion is technology, children, and social and emotional learning. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amber Emerson. Um, currently, I'm the seventh grade science teacher at Westlawn Middle School. Um, this is my sixth year, and I've taught seventh and eighth grade science, um, mixture between those, those six years. Um, I serve alongside Rachel as one of the TCS ambassadors, and um, I too, along with her, just became national board certified in um, science. So, um, yes, thank you, thank you. I am Dory Edwards. This is my 10th year and the Tuscaloosa City Schools. I am currently an elementary school counselor, first grade through fifth grade at Tuscaloosa Magnet Schools Elementary. And uh, prior to that, I was an elementary teacher, third grade and fifth grade for eight years. So glad to be here tonight. Hey everyone, my name is Preeti Nachani and I am currently the proud principal of Tuscaloosa Magnet Elementary School. Hey Erica, it's good to see you over there. Um, I have been in with Tuscaloosa City Schools for 18 years, I think. Could be 19, I can't remember. And have been a special ed teacher in the classroom for 13 and a half years and then served as an assistant principal for, for Rock Quarry and Werner Elementary School. And this is my fourth year as the principal at Tuscaloosa Magnet Schools Elementary and Dory is the counselor at my school. So thank you for having me. Awesome. So this is what I, what did I say? Rock stars. I have a great team um, ready to kind of tackle your questions. So I want to just kind of provide just kind of a couple of blanket statements. So obviously we're going to do our absolute best to answer your questions tonight. But I think one thing that's going to be really important for us to keep in mind is that a lot of the structures that are being put in place 
vary not only by district, but even by building. So we as educators, um, administrators have been given essentially kind of a framework of things we know we have to do, we know we have to accomplish, and then have kind of built out a plan that works best for our buildings. So just know that we may not be able to specifically speak to your question because we're not at your school, um, but I want to really reiterate the fact that as, as you have questions that are specific to your child or your building, please reach out to your local administrators and teachers. Your questions help us build a stronger plan. Um, and so if you don't get your question answered tonight, or if we come to your question and say, hey, we can't really speak to this because we don't know what's gonna happen in your building, I would highly encourage you to touch base um, with people at your building. Um, I think it's important for us to remember that in this chaos, we're all on the same team, right? You know, educators and parents, it's a partnership, it's a team. Um, and so obviously, the world is chaos, but the goal is still the same. We still want to serve your children well. We still want to see them be successful. Um, and so when, you know, when that starts to break down in a certain case, let, you know, right, maintain that open line of communication. You know, make sure that um, you're keeping us in the loop of what's working, what's not working. Um, because like I said, you know, we're, we're on, we're on the same team. So um, I'm going to kind of dive into the questions that we got um, to start off. And then like Tyler mentioned, like if other clarifying things come up, drop them in the chat. And then if we have time at the end, um, either Amber or somebody else will respond to you in the chat or we'll try to address them in the Zoom. So um, the first question we got, uh, one of the first questions we got was just asking about suggestions for creating a learning space and scheduling structured time for uh, studies for their students. Alicia, do you want to speak to that? Um, I myself personally don't have any kids, but I know when you're working from home, you need to have a, a space where you do your work. Like there's a space for it where you um, watch TV, where you clean the dishes. Um, your children need a space they can call their area where they work. And if you have more than um, one child, it may be um, important to designate a space separate so they can work separate from each other. Um, and it's also important to make sure that you schedule, you create a schedule for it that fits your family. Your schedule is not gonna look like this, the family schedule next door. Um, and it's also important to collaborate with your child's teacher so you can know when things are due and um, when discussions are due or when projects are due. So that way you can set a time to have those assignments completed on time. And even if they have questions beforehand, they can ask their, their teachers. I think as far as structured time goes, again, a lot of that is gonna come um, from a building or even a classroom level. So you're probably gonna get more insight into what this remote schedule and what those expectations are gonna be for your child, you'll get more of that coming to you once the school year actually launches. Again, that's kind of one of those framework things that we know we have to work within this, but some buildings are building up their schedules differently. 
Um, so you'll have some pretty clear expectations communicated to you by your building, but then you're also probably going to have some asynchronous things that your child is going to have to do. That means they're, it's not live. It's just a task they have to complete. Um, and so I would just, you know, like Alicia said, try to build consistency, build a space, a designated space. Um, and, and, you know, set boundaries too. like you're, whether you're in the city system or the county system, none of your children are going to be expected to sit at a computer from eight to three. That's not the vision for this. Um, so I would encourage y'all to think through that too. Yeah. And I will also suggest um, making like it a norm, like it won't mimic school, but like set a time for lunch set a time for physical activity um you know if you maybe if they're in kindergarten they have morning meetings talk about your feelings talk about what you're doing what do you think you're going to do for the day just to keep um keep it as you know to mimic not really mimic school but just to keep that school structure anybody else want to yeah well i was just going to go off of what elise you said um you know, treat it like a normal school day, have them get up, eat breakfast, change clothes, get out of the bed, um, and kind of sit somewhere where it feels like school. Um, I know in the spring, some kids, you know, like to stay in their pajamas and lay in the bed and got on their Google Meets, but I think that was distracting to other kiddos, and they weren't able to focus as much, but when they have a set area um, and they're dressed and they feel like they're in school, and they've been up early and they've had their breakfast, they're ready to learn. You know, so I think trying to treat it as much as school at home as possible, I think that will set them up for a more successful school day at home. One thing I will say, if you can avoid the space that where there is, you know, more visual distraction, like your TV, I know, there are audio visuals everywhere these days, but if that is something, because I feel like if kids understand that this is my place to do schoolwork and I have two girls of my own, so we set those parameters when we knew things were happening and they happened really fast in the spring. And my hope this year is with the start of school, we are a little more prepared than we were in the spring. I keep telling my faculty, Dory's heard me say that we're not building the plane and flying it at the same time. The, the plane has already been built, y'all, okay? Now we're ready to board the passengers, okay? And they're gonna take off with the learning. So I think it's really critical having those conversations and I, I would go ahead and start those this week itself. In my household, by Thursday or Friday of this week, we're gonna start changing bedtimes and things like that. So just some things you would do for school, I wouldn't change those. The only aspect is you're not entering the physical building and the teacher is you know, across the screen. Um, but try to do you know, things that are very similar. It's gonna make them feel special and they're gonna understand, oh, mom and dad are doing this for us. And you know, if you prepare a special breakfast for the first day of school, do that even this time just some simple rituals that they're used to. Don't change those things. And I also feel that they'll, they'll know that you feel what they're doing is important. Mm -hmm. They'll know that, oh, we're, my mom and my dad know that we're not in the building, but school is still important to them. And we're, we still have a set schedule. And I think that'll be important for their social and emotional learning too. 
Wow, I'm just, I feel like I should be taking notes. I'm just like learning right here with you guys. This is great. Um, so I'm going to move into a couple of other logistical questions and I'm going to try to kind of hit all in one. Um, we had some questions about like time and participation. Again, that's going to have some variables depending on what district that you're in. Um, attendance is mandatory. <laughs> I'll say that. I mean, attendance, engagement, participation, this time it's mandatory. Your child will receive grades. Um, and so as far as what that looks like in terms of I logged in or like I participated or I completed this task, that's going to vary a little bit depending on what system that you're coming from. Um, but there will be a clear structure in place in terms of marking your child as present, marking them as engaged, and then kind of assessing and evaluating the work that they do during that time. That's going to be a change from what we saw in the spring. Um, because again, the spring was emergency. This is not an emergency. Like this, we're launching a school year. So it's gonna look a little different. Um, we had another question about just resources, like what resources will students get and what resources will parents get? Again, that's really hard for us to answer, I guess, generally um, in terms of technology. I know that there are a lot of structures in place. Um, in both the city and the county system to equip students with devices so if that's a need um, but outside of that I don't know what resources would be made, made available to students um, I know that a lot of buildings are working on some virtual learning whether it's resources or frameworks or they're going to do some help sessions with parents you're probably going to see a variety of things um, in terms of the resources that are going to be pro provided to you as parents um, but this is going to be one of those questions where I would say email your principal, like get in touch with somebody at your building, email like the previous teacher and say, hey, like I need to know, I'm going to need help on this. What are you guys doing um, to help me with that? So um, those are kind of some logistical things that we wanted to address that we can't necessarily speak to specifically. Um, but I want to go ahead and move on to this one, and we're going to let Ms. Nachani kind of address this one. Um, but we had one question about just advice for balancing the needs of two young elementary students that are doing virtual school. So this person said, I've got a kindergartner, i got a third grader. They're both doing virtual school. How do we make that successful? So. Okay. Um, I one of the things, and I think it was the Tuscaloosa City Schools that you were referring to primarily in this case. Uh, I think going back to what Rachel was saying, asking questions would be the first thing I would start with if you haven't received any specifics yet. Um, I know plans are being made for meet and greet. I know plans are being made for expectations to be rolled out from every school, but just being very mindful if we're talking about, say, a lower elementary child, and I'm referring to first grade or kindergarten, and then I'm referring to a upper elementary, second or third grade, I would just balance out what are the academic tasks that have been provided by the teacher. And a good rule of thumb for any educator would be to lay out the schedule for you at the beginning of the week, like on Monday, you're jump starting the week on Monday. And if that has not happened for you, I'm just saying that, um, I would go ahead and take the liberty of just saying, okay, you know, 
emailing the teacher or the principal or the assistant principal if they have one and just saying we're just curious we don't know how this is going to work out um i'm sorry i've got a little background noise here my apologies i have two girls in the house who don't want me to ask them to be quiet at this hour right now so my apologies um so i'm i've been thrown outside the house right now but in saying that um, I would balance it out and just try to get the structure. And once you get the structure, I would feel that if it's a lower elementary kiddo, you would have more interactive, more manipulatives, more hands-on things involved. And those things will be short in duration the, because the attention span, think about it, versus a third grader. And um, fortunately, I can kind of piggyback something off of my my third grader i had a child who was in third grade last year she's going into fourth grade so and she was at rock quarry so i can kind of give you a little bit of an idea how it was done there and it was it was it was like i said going back to my plane analogy okay we were in different we were in a different mode in the spring so now teachers have refined it they know a little bit more but i think their activities were way more structured and going back to what rachel said uh, there will be a lot of synchronous learning it won't be like okay here it is boys and girls i'm giving you this work go ahead do it no i think ideal practice in my in this case would be okay you're a third grader we're starting the school year there'll be a lot of practice with procedures there'll be a lot of hand holding so my my thought to my my piece of advice to this parent would be I would, I would hang out if possible with both the kiddos, I would. It's gonna be a juggle, but you may just wanna be there for them and, and provide more handholding to the kindergartner if it's a kindergartner or first grader and try to you know, keep going and checking on the third grader. But I think the, the teachers in third grade are gonna set a lot of practice opportunities, okay? And again, I'm gonna tell you, um, you can, you can just say one of the TCS principals said, if this is, you know, whatever, hey, can we get a little more help here? Can we, you know, reach out to you? Can you help us? I have two children, you know, elementary age. It's hard for me to kind of work this. What are your pieces of advice? So just be mindful of that. And then there will be some activities, you know, later in the day that they can complete. So I think there'll be a level of understanding. It's not like, okay, now you're the parent, you're the teacher, you are, you know, you're the PE teacher, you're the art teacher. No, I really don't see it that way. I do not. Um, so just, I would ask questions and, uh, and, and, and maybe give them grace, okay? They may, it may take them time to kind of digest what you're saying because they have 24 kids or 25 kids in the class and they're trying to juggle so, but the beginning will be spent with a lot of procedures in place. I can tell you that. So don't start sweating, okay? And there'll be a lot of review from second grade and, um, you know, your kiddos may be able to fly with that. So just, just be patient and it, it'll work itself out. But if it doesn't, I would be sending emails out and asking questions for, and asking for help. So I'm just going to jump in here. I got a text from Rachel that her power just went out. So um, unless somebody else wants to read the questions off, uh, I will be glad to do so. Um, 
I think we were, we are now moving on to um, a, a kind of different genre of questions, a, a different grouping. Um, so this is more social and emotional learning. Um, we had a question that said, what recommendations do you have for keeping your child actively engaged on or in online learning? Um, and along with that, the same person's gonna answer both questions. So I'm gonna kind of delve into this one. They kind of go together. Um, just keeping them socially and emotionally invested and giving them support. They're not gonna be able to, um, you know, they're gonna have limited socialization with their peers. They're not in class with, with each other. Um, so how do we, how do you as the parent help the student with that social and emotional learning? And I think Dory is gonna answer those for you. I am. So um, the first one just talked about keeping them engaged in online learning. And it looks like it was a parent from a middle school and a high school. And so I think what is really important is it goes back to that schedule. Um, and I think, you know, coming up with a schedule as a family, of course, the teachers are going to give you some guidelines, but definitely um, giving the children breaks. Um, in the classroom, when they're at school normally, they have breaks in their day. They have lunch, they change classes. So I definitely think integrating um, breaks throughout the day will definitely help. And when they're on those breaks, try and guide the conversation to something not geared towards school. You know, like, what do you want to do once you're done with your assignments for the day? Um, you know, do you give them a snack, go outside for a walk, you know, do something that totally breaks from their assignments, from their schoolwork. And then five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, okay, let's go back and let's get back to work. Um, and like people have mentioned before, there's asynchronous and synchronous learning. So obviously during the live sessions, you know, your kid is gonna need to be sitting at the computer, but when they're doing those independent learning tasks, I would make sure give them an hour, 30 minutes to work and then give them a break. But I think that would definitely help them stay engaged. And I'm, just, I'm going to jump in here real quick, just because I'm, yeah. I'm a secondary teacher. Um, one of the things that I will say is, to kind of go off what she said, is you have to find that intrinsic motivation that's going to build them up. What is, and hear me when I say this, grades are not that. So threatening the kid or saying, this is for a grade, or you do realize you're going to get a grade for this. That is not, uh, that does not build intrinsic motivation. Most of the times, um, that is, that is, never been proven to work. So whatever works best for your child as an intrinsic motivator, whether it's extra time on the video game or taking them out to their favorite restaurant or letting them pick dinner or whatever that might be, those are ways that you're gonna be able to get your child to stay engaged in the online learning. Um, so it's gonna look different for each kid. And that is what makes one of our jobs as an educator so hard is trying to figure that out for you know, for me, I have 85 kids. And so, but when you pick that up, it, it does help um, make them want to stay engaged with you and, and want to, to continue what they're doing. So just remember that intrinsic motivated should never be the grade. Find what works for your kid. Hey guys, so I'm back. Um, I lost power and Alicia lives, like I can see her house from here. So she also, I'm guessing, has lost power and is trying to reconnect. So 
so sorry, but that's why that's why I have all these rock stars that like I can just leave and y'all can just keep going. So, where did y'all stop and what did y'all j- just answer? I guess. I'm sorry, my power went out. <laughs> I was just telling them I was like I lost power and Alicia lives literally right there, and so so did she. <laughs> I think Dory's on her second question. She's fixing to answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. So, Dory, let me lob this softball up for you, okay? Um, with the lack of socialization with peers, how do we help our children with positive social-emotional support? What signs do I need to look for that they may be suffering from a lack of socialization? And I think this is huge because even as a 32-year-old, I'm suffering from a lack of socialization. I love my family. I love my husband. And I love my 10-month-old child. But I need other people, okay? Um, So I get it. And I think as a kid, they need other people too. Um, And so I think we're going to have to get real creative with socializing I know that in the city schools, we use Google Meets, and I know a lot of families set up Google Meets with other families in the spring, and so if y'all can try and arrange different virtual play dates and set up Google Meets so the kids can all talk to each other, I think that is a wonderful idea. If you feel comfortable enough for your kids to go outside and play in a supervised area at a social distance um, space, I think doing that is okay. But like I said, some people aren't comfortable with that. Um, So that's totally understandable. I know that video games have options where you can virtually have play dates with friends and stuff. So if you're comfortable with your child doing that, um, like I said, I think you just have to get creative with the ways that you can virtually see friends. Um, And then as far as the social emotional support, continue to talk to your children, ask them questions. How are you feeling? Are you okay? And just look for signs of withdrawal. If they're staying in their room a lot, um, if they have really high highs and really high lows and give them coping mechanisms. Um, I know when I'm stressed, I like to go to my room and listen to music and color and yeah I'm 32 and I still like to color okay so I mean that's what I do you know and so go outside go for a walk do a puzzle I'm not good at those but some people are so just give them an outlet to release how they are feeling um I know sometimes when kids come into my room and they're upset or to my office I just play like ocean music and just sitting Sometimes they don't need to talk. They just need to sit in silence and listen to spa music or whatever. You can Google that. YouTube, spa music, done. So, um, but continue to talk to them and just let them know that you are here for them and validate their feelings. Don't say, oh, you're fine. You know, say, hey, I understand that you're sad or I understand that you want to go to school, but right now we're not and here's what I can do for you. Um, and it's okay. And to make them feel comfortable talking about it, because the more they do talk about it, um, the more they'll want to come to you. So I know I just rambled, but I hope I was able to, to answer that. And I just shooed my husband away. So I'm going to make sure he doesn't need me. And I will add too that the teachers are also working on implementing social, social, emotional learning activities for the students. 
um, where they either journal, where they do art, where they like maybe have a talent show. Now I'm just speaking from this from the the TCS perspective. I don't know about um, any other system, but I think um, teachers are making it um, a priority to to hit that mark with students. I'm I'm gonna add something that we have done as a family. Um, we created a little pod of, since I have two girls, a pod of friends that we felt comfortable with. And we were very honest with each other. If we were traveling or something, especially during the summer, we did it during the summer also, we would tell each other, hey, I'm going to, I'm going here. So we will, after we come back, we're not going to meet anybody or see anybody, but we were honest. We had those conversations. We told each other, we're going to do this for our girls or, you know, for, for their friendship's sake. It was only two friends or three friends, but we did that. Bike rides were amazing for them, which was easily socially distancing and things like that. You know, chalk art was really good, socially distancing, just to add to what Dory was saying. But forming that little social pod, if you can, okay, I would highly encourage you to do that because um, it, uh, this, uh, I know county system is going back. But let me tell you, I'm, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I want to be realistic here, is that, that there could be, it could happen. It could happen. We shut down again. Okay. So I'm just kind of preparing you for that rainy day that can happen. We're, I know TCS is Tuscaloosa City Schools is starting up to nine weeks virtual, uh, but just preparing in case that happens, you know, uh, but for, if you can form that little social pod, I would encourage you and be honest you know you've got to be honest yourself like if when we traveled we told them hey we're gone we will quarantine ourselves we will not be, be able to be part of this social pod for a few days just because we want to make sure we're not bringing anything back to our our sweet little group so yeah and i will also suggest to being honest about your feelings you're nervous you're scared you don't know what's going to happen and if they know that hey my mom my dad doesn't know either and we're in this together it will probably make them feel more comfortable too Awesome. Um, Amber, I know it sounds like we kind of touched on this one a little bit, but I do just want to circle back to this question. Um, one other one that we got was just how, how can I encourage my child to work independently on assignments without nagging them to do the work? And so I know we kind of talked about the intrinsic motivation. Is there anything else you want to add or reiterate for that? Yeah, again, I, I mean, these came from, from secondary teachers, of course, because that's what we, we hear, quit nagging me, quit nagging me. And, and it really is, if you can put a positive spin on it, and instead of nagging and constantly being on their case, try to find ways that when they do something good, you're rewarding that good behavior. I mean, um, I know for a, a lot of parents, sometimes that concept is foreign because it's not how... Um, how they did things growing up, but it really does help in a classroom setting where if you ignore the negative behavior and you reward the positive, that negative starts to go away. So if the child is, um, you're noticing that they're not doing their work or they're not, the moment that they do, focus on that and reward that. Um, that will take the nagging, nagging away. I um, mean, it will make them want to do it more. So um, I would just say, again, find that thing that, that they want. Um, teachers at, at our school and in our district, what they did is um, we mailed out 
like after a week, if, it, if the child had been online all week long, we were mailing out gift cards and, and pencils and stickers. I mean, anything just that they were getting something in the mail. I mean, it could have been a postcard that I just wrote way to go this week. They were loving that because it was something unusual. So just find something that, that will motivate them to continue doing well. And again, give grace to your, not only your, your teacher, but to your child. I mean, Sometimes you go to work and you just don't feel like doing it. They're going to be the same way. So show them grace and then reward the positive. Okay, I'm going to move into kind of our last chunk of questions. And these are more just kind of like truly like instructional academic based questions. And so we'll do our best to kind of tackle these. Um, one of the questions we got was just what to expect in terms of interaction um, that your child is gonna have with their teachers. Um, again, I know I keep saying this, it's gonna vary a little bit, um, but thinking from an more of an elementary perspective, your child is gonna be very connected um, to his or her teacher. Um, not all instruction or academic experiences are going to happen live necessarily, but like I know Alicia, already kind of alluded to the idea of a morning meeting. Um, I know a lot of our elementary teachers are going to make an effort to do that every morning of like, good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, August 11th, you know, like tomorrow's Wednesday. How are we feeling today? Just even, even if there's no learning target, no standard, no academic goal in mind with that live instruction, they're at least going to try to make an effort to connect with your child every day. Um, and so I would look for that. I would encourage that. Um, and then as far as evaluation, there are going to be some assessments that are put in place. Alabama is still requiring all of their state mandated assessments. So we are going to be testing your children. Um, we can't wait. We, that's our favorite part of the job, uh, honestly. And so Anyway, there are going to be these state mandated screeners and assessments that we do have to do at the beginning of the year. Um, but in terms of like your child's teacher designing instruction for them, again, like Pretty has already mentioned, we, we've built the plane, right? And so we're already trying to be very cognizant of the fact that last year didn't end normally. So there's probably going to be some gaps that we're going to have to address on the front end. Like we know that this child's going to third grade, but they probably missed some second grade standards. And so we're aware of that as we enter into these years. So um, I would say this is another situation. Keep those lines of communication open. If your child is getting assignments that are too easy, if they're getting decodable readers or text sent home that you're like, they can't do this or vice versa, this is too easy. Let us, I say us, cause I just think, but like, let that child's teacher know, like, um, you know, we wanna make sure that you have the resources, the content that that child needs. Um, but I will say, I think you can expect a lot more, a lot more purposeful interactions um, in terms of the way that the school year is going to look and then more focused, differentiated, like personalized instruction um, as we enter into this year. Um, another question that we had was just a concern about math instruction um, and how that's going to be provided. 
um, and just kind of ask, can the panel give any insight into various methods that teachers may use? I'm going to let Alicia kind of speak to that first. Um, I know that a lot of math teachers are going to do live instruction where they have um, whiteboards, they may have manipulatives, um, and they also may um, record um, themselves lecturing or giving, you, giving the students instruction and put that on YouTube and may send that link out to students. Um, and they also may give um, practice um, assignments as maybe even collaborating, uh, collaborative projects. Um, it all depends on the teacher and how the teacher gives instruction in class. But I think most administrators want um, um, all teachers to be hands-on with manipulatives, with whiteboard. Um, so that's just what I know from just talking to teachers in other districts and in our district. One other thing I know math is, um, is um, an academic area that many students just are fearful of or have a phobia of some sort. But I think going back to what Alicia said, there will be a variety of modalities and different ways of doing things. It's going to be hands-on, you know, experiences provided to students. And um, I can speak for um, probably for Tuscaloosa City Schools, I know we're planning to send out materials or give materials as, as the needs arise. Um, I know at my school, we, uh, my teachers are, are getting things ready where we've got bags that we're gonna be giving during meet and greet uh, next week. So I think those are gonna be very critical because with the, with the parents these days, many of y'all are way younger than I am, okay? These days call it new math, for lack of words, but for that and to be successful with that, you do need hands-on materials, okay? Um, and I have personally um, told my teachers that we've got to have, you know, a, a lot of modeling. So they show the teacher, so they show the child what they're doing and give the child the opportunity to also practice right after they've shown it. So it can't be that I've shown it to you, now good luck to you, go figure it out, no. That is not going to, because remember what Rachel said, we educators love to test students, right? <laughs> That's why we go into this field. No, just kidding, okay? So we've got to also be able to assess our students on a regular basis. There are these people called administrators who are data geeks, they love data. They wanna know how the kids are doing. They're gonna you know, check on that stuff. So. I, I, I really truly feel that this is gonna be very different from spring and it is going to be. So there is going to be a lot of practice involved in things like math. There's gonna be a lot of modeling and things like that. Also, um, you know, uh, in the Tuscaloosa City Schools, we are highly being encouraged to have small group instruction. That is gonna be, you know, you'll get notified that, hey, your child needs to log in at a certain time, but give us a few weeks to figure that out and assess the students. But those small groups are gonna be very critical in forming that, um, you know, those, that math instruction and providing that added dose or enrichment activities or whatever you may call those. Um, another logistical question that I want to, I think I already said this, but it's kind of its own question. I want to be sure, will there be grading for virtual learning? Yes, there will. Your child will be assigned grades um, as if they were in the building. You will receive grades um, throughout virtual learning. 
Um, I think this is our last question. And I think Dory, you're going to kind of uh, tackle this one first. And then it's only 715. So if you guys have questions that have come up, stick them in the chat. We can kind of see if we have time to hit a few more. Um, but we had a question about PE. So what about physical education? Um, this person has a child that's eight years old and really needs PE. Um, so just what, how would virtual learning provide physical education? So I know we are kind of sounding like a broken record, but um, a lot of times this is going to depend on your school and your system. But I know several schools in the spring still had PE. Like I know our teacher our PE teacher, he is um, a big pound guy, like the, I don't even know how you would describe it, but you would use like drumsticks. Of course, a lot of kids don't have drumsticks in their homes. So they would get like wooden spoons and spatulas and um, you had to make sure that they had the space, but you had to improvise. Um, so PE was still provided and that is the plan for this year as well. However, um, like I said, it depends, or like it's been mentioned, it depends on school to school, but you know, you can do PE outside. Let's go outside and run around the block. Let's do jumping jacks. Let's do push-ups, that sort of thing. Um, there are these like um, video activities, exercise videos that you could do that the kids love. That's called Go Noodle and it's free. Um, Eight-year-old, spot on for those videos. Like I said earlier, I'm 32, and I enjoy those videos. Um, they're fun. They'll get your heart pumping. They'll get you moving, and the kids love them. Yes. Um, it's sometimes awkward when you're doing them by yourself, so I think if you engage with them, they will love that. Go noodle. It's a blast. Yes. Um, Just Dance is another good option. I know some of y'all have those types of gaming systems at home. We don't, but you can go on YouTube and pull those up. Um, and those are really fun for the kids to do. So you can definitely get creative with your PE, whether you are getting, receiving those instructions from a PE teacher or you're having to do it yourself. But I totally agree that the kids need some sort of physical exercise. So hopefully those are some good resources that you can take advantage of. Yeah. And you can also do just family like tournaments, running, you know, racing, you know, family fun where you race or you do know, swim or whatever. Um, and I suggest on Go Noodle going to see Usher's ABCs. It is amazing. Okay. That does that one's not even it don't even have dance moves. It's like but Sesame Street. I'm just letting them know if they need some <laughs> encouragement, that's a good video. Wow. What a what a note for us to end on with a with an Usher's ABCs recommendation. Um, so I think we have hit all of like the formally submitted questions. Um, I'm not seeing anything in the chat, which makes me think you guys. I think we did amazing. I don't know, like maybe not. But um, if you guys have other questions, we still have a couple minutes. I will say this and I won't say it for the rest of the team, but as someone who is a member at Calvary, please consider me a resource to you guys. Like as stuff comes up or you have questions or something feels off or you're confused, um, like I'll, I'm going to put my work email in the chat. 
Um, I would love, like, I would truly love to hear from you guys and support you guys and answer any questions. And if I can't answer the question, you can see I have smart people that I hang out with or ask questions all the time. So I can try to get an answer for you. So um, just continue to reach out um, as things come up. Wow, we're getting some good feedback. So nice. I just want to say, give yourself grace, give your child grace, and give your school grace. Please don't be hard on yourself. Please take a mental break if you need it. If you need to email your child's teacher and say, we need time, we need extra time to complete this assignment, mm -hmm. we need extra time for this, we have this going on, do that. Because emotional and mental health is just as important as academics. So, and just like Rachel said, I, uh, if, if you need me or you want some advice from me, she will let me know. Um, and I really enjoyed this tonight. So I appreciate being asked. Well, if we uh, if we don't have any other questions, hey, we just from from Calvary want to say thank you so much to all of you educators who came on here and helped. As you can see from the chat, it was uh, well received and, and and much needed and appreciated. And so, thank you guys so much for um, for all that you're doing because we know this is. Sometimes we we know it's hard on the parents, and we forget that it's also hard on you guys because. Uh, this is different for you as well. And so just thank you so much for your efforts um, tonight and and all summer. So, um, yeah, we are excited about continuing these. Um, we will give you some more information. We're going to do another one of these on a different topic um, next month. And so be looking out on our social media uh, uh, for um, for that as well. And then um, we have recorded this um, tonight. And so uh, once we get permission from all these great educators, that's okay. We're gonna be um, potentially sharing that. Um, so if you, if you got here late or if you know other people who might be interested in listening to this, um, once we, uh, we'll get that out there and you can, you can share that and all that kind of good stuff. And I appreciate all you guys being here.